Hey everybody, welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. Good to have you with me again on our podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's everyday challenges. Welcome to episode 186. 186. Today's topic is be a leader. Be a leader. And that the way I speak that, the way I say that will make a little sense to you in a few moments. If you want to know more about me, Lance Bain, check out LanceBain.com. There you will find many resources and other podcast episodes. And in many of those episodes, there are show notes available. You can download at LanceBain.com. You can find us on many platforms listening. And thank you so much for being with me today. If would really be helpful for me and for us if you could share today's episode, share it with a friend, share the link, text it to a friend, email it to a friend, <laughs> message it to a friend, as well as leave a rating and a review. I would really, 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 really love it if you would do that for me. Episode 186, Be a Leader. What do we mean by be a leader? It seems kind of obvious on a podcast that is designed to help us be healthy and empowering and (laughs) joyful and hopeful leaders. One of the things that I think it's important for you and I to remember is this. People are fighting battles that we don't often see. People are fighting battles that we don't often see. I had a wonderful experience in my leadership environment yesterday where uh, a person came up and shared with me how they just got their first chip from their AA meeting. That's so exciting. Love celebrating that. And as I listened to that story and applauded them and celebrated them and affirmed them, I thought I would have never known that that issue was going on in your life had you not just said something. People are fighting battles we don't often see. So how is our leadership going to add value? Today, that's what I want to talk about in Be a Leader. It's certainly nothing new to say people are fighting battles that we don't often see. You do that. I do that. We experience challenges and difficulties, and we're not outside holding up signs on the street as people pass by saying, hey, look at me. I'm struggling with an issue. Human beings have struggles. Human beings have difficulties. Whether you are a leader or you're not a leader, you face challenges. You're fighting battles, emotional battles, financial battles spiritual battles, mental health battles, maybe physical health battles. Maybe it's relational battles with your loved one, a friend, a best friend. Maybe maybe you have found yourself in an online battle in the social media world, maybe with your kids. People are fighting battles that we don't often see. And today I want to propose, when I say be a leader, how will our leadership add value to others? Even if we don't know the battles they're fighting, there are things that you and I can be that will add value to those that we're leading. And so I want to share with you three B statements that are essential for every person who wants to have leadership. You know, just as I'm sharing these thoughts with you, uh, I feel impressed to encourage you to maybe pick up a book by Mark Sanborn called You Don't Need a Title to Be a Leader. Because that's the real heart of kind of what we're talking about here in the Ordinary People in Extraordinary Lives podcast. I believe everyone has influence somewhere, and John Maxwell says if you have influence, that makes you a leader. 
a friend, a spouse, a parent, a grandparent, a friend of another. You have a position with a title on an org chart or a team or within a company or maybe your church or your ministry. You volunteer and you have responsibilities and you've been given a title to whom those responsibilities are expected to be fulfilled. And so whatever your context is for leadership, for influence, those that you lead and those that you influence and those to whom you have a responsibility I want you to be a leader. I want you to understand that they're fighting these battles and you can add value. And so here's B statement number one, be an example. Be an example. How important it is when we think about leadership that we have an example. You know, in my context, it's not uncommon. I wouldn't say it's frequent, but it's not uncommon to interact with people who've not had the healthiest upbringing. I was reminded recently of a friend of mine who didn't have a healthy paternal role model in their life. And so when this person gets around healthy, loving, um, strong, in a good way, masculine leadership, this person really begins to thrive. It's, it's providing something in their environment that they did not experience when they were being raised. In those formative years of toddler, elementary, middle school, high school. And this is the battle I didn't know this person was fighting. And so when you choose as a leader to be an example, you're providing something for others. You are emulating, you are role modeling what it means to be a leader. You are giving people another alternative. You are showing them a better way. Many of you who listen to the podcast know that I'm a person of faith. I lead a local church. I've been a follower of Jesus now for almost 33 years. And the other day, in a time of prayer and reflection, struggling with my own hidden battle, I just kept sensing in my heart that God was saying to me, follow the better path, Lance. Follow the better better path. Follow the better path. When you and I are an example of healthy, godly, responsible, mature, hope-filled leadership. We are offering people a better path. And so when I'm talking about being an example, it's talking about developing yourself in the context of relationships, developing yourself with others. And so I just listed a few bullet points underneath what it means to be an example. Be responsible. Take responsibility for yourself. Take responsibility for your leadership. Take responsibility for your development. Take responsibility for your growth. Take responsibility, even when it's corrective and there may be some kind of uh, discipline or, or hard conversation or confrontation in that space of responsibility. Do not shirk back. Take responsibility. Take responsibility for your life. Take responsibility for the organization. Now, You're not responsible for other people, but you are responsible to other people because you can ultimately make people do what you want. You have influence and persuasion and leverage. There are bonus structures and disciplinary structures within your organization that might help you in this area, empower people, inspire people, and require people to behave, decide, uh, live, lead according to a certain set of values and HR principles and office policies. 
But in the end of the day, you can't make people do what you want. You are responsible to people, and one of the great responsibilities is to be an example. Be accountable. Have accessibility. Let people get close to you. Let people have access to you. In little ways like, is your office door open? Do you return calls? How long before you respond to a text? Do you have a way in which people can access you and communicate with you and feel like that they're going to be heard and there's going to be some kind of response to them? Teachability. Learning from your mistakes and your failures. Maintaining a posture of humility and teachability. As my friend Rob Morris, the leader and founder and director of Love146.org says, approach every conversation as a learner. Maintain a constant posture of teachability. And so when you take responsibility, welcome accountability, uh, have the open door of accessibility, maintain teachability, and live with humility. Friends, that's a very powerful example. Be a leader means be an example. Here's the second B statement for be a leader. Be a believer in others. Be a believer in others. One of the great famines that I experience is the famine of encouragement. So many of us have the inner voice that's going on. And the inner voice is the loudest voice and the most consistent voice we hear every day. And for a a fair number of us, that inner voice is not always our friend can be critical, can be condemning. It can measure us, it can speak to us, it can show us how inadequate we are, how disqualified we are, how incompetent we are, how unable we are to be the kind of leader that we want to be, that God wants us to be, that our organization, our environment, our ministry wants us to be and needs us to be. And when you and I think about our own encouragement deficiency, our own affirmation deficiency, then we recognize it's helpful when people believe in us. Therefore, we should assume it's helpful when we believe in other people. I'm not encouraging codependency and unhealthy, codependent, co-enabling relationships. Of course not. But there is a way in which we can affirm each other and believe in each other that adds value, that adds life. I experienced this when people come along and just recently someone came up to me and said, hey, Pastor Lance, the things that you do and the way that you lead and the the role model that you offer, it's really changing my life. This is a person that's had a very difficult background. Can't go into it for the sake of privacy and confidentiality, obviously, but they've had a very difficult background. Being an example and believing in others offers a better way. Now, I have struggles and failures and faults and hang-ups and hook-ups like everybody else. It's struggles and pain and traumas and wounds and situations. But as a leader, we learn how to overcome. We learn how to get healthy. And we want to be a believer in other people. We encourage and empower other people. We want to be a believer in others. And here's some ways that you can do that by celebrating them. Just making sure your words to them are more uplifting than they are pulling down. Celebrate them. Celebrate their identity. Celebrate their accomplishments. I make it a regular habit to say to people, I believe in you. 
I believe in you. I don't know if you believe in you, and I don't know if others believe in you, but I'm just going to choose to believe in you. Well, why do you believe in me? What evidence? What have I done? I don't need evidence. I'm going to choose to believe in people, to be great, to do great things, to grow, to develop, to overcome their failures, to admit their mistakes, to take responsibility, to be humble, and to go forth and do really wonderful things that adds value to society and to families and to marriages and to children and to best friends and to important relationships. <laughs> Let's be a believer in other people. And let that belief in others influence the way we celebrate them, also the way we coach them, asking good questions and listening and helping people discover the solutions and the answers and the directions and the decisions that need to be made that's already within them. I love celebrating people and coaching people. I love contributing to people, offering resources, opportunity, feedback, Uh, moments in which they can shine, highlighting their accomplishments and their successes, no matter how incremental they may be. When we choose to be a believer in others, we are providing fertilizer and water and sunshine on those seeds of destiny that are growing in them. Now, sometimes our belief in others and be a believer in others also requires us to have conversations that are confrontational and corrective. And that's a good thing, too. When it's done in love and when it's in the context of vision and growth and maturation and development, that is a needed conversation. I don't always feel good when people bring correction to me or I need to be confronted for something. But because I know these people love me, They see something I don't see. They're experiencing something that maybe I don't want to deal with, but I need to deal with. And because they love me, they confront me, and they stand in front of me and say, hey, I need to give you some feedback. I need to talk to you about this thing. That is being a believer in others. And so when you celebrate and coach and contribute, when you care for other people, love, 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 love. It feels good. It's awesome. It's great. It builds me up. It excites me. It's enjoyable. It's hopeful. My heart is responding. And then when correction comes, I know it's also in love. There have been so many affirmation deposits made in this leadership relationship that when correction needs to happen, that's also a deposit. Friends, be a believer in other people. Be a believer in others. So, you want to be an example. Responsibility, accountability, accessibility, teachability, humility. You also want to be a believer in others. Celebrate, coach contribute, care, correct, collaborate, give opportunity, utilize your platform to help other people succeed and shine. The third B statement for be a leader is be a visionary. (laughs) Be a visionary. This is one of the weakest for me. I'm a visionary leader, but I usually think, well, I said it once. I don't know why I have to keep repeating it. And I remind myself that often people that you lead need to be reminded at least once a month about the vision, about the picture that is bigger than you. I love what Simon Sinek calls it. He describes it as your just cause. 
You want to communicate your vision, your values, your mission. Absolutely. I've really latched on to the language of Simon Sinek more than having a vision statement. It's your just cause statement. Just. Just in the sense that this is integrous. It is for good. It is going to bring value. It is going to bring life. It is going to bring hope. It is going to bring breakthrough. It is going to bring justice. It is going to bring something of the nature of, of, of goodness to a situation and to a person. And it's a cause. It's not just just, but it's a cause, and it's a cause that requires sacrifice and investment, intentionality, diligence, consistency, fervency, a just cause. When you, as a leader, say, I'm going to be a visionary, what is your just cause? And what are the values that create and compose the environment of your just cause mission? How does... How does the team know what that is if you're not being a visionary? So you have to talk about it, share stories of it, give living examples of it, be an example of it, write about it, talk about it, have your trainings around it, applaud it, reward it, course correct when you need to. And so there's an evaluation that you as a leader are constantly living with like a constant radar loop at a, a flight tower at an airport, air traffic control, and that radar is constantly moving and picking up the incoming flights and making sure everything is going well. As a visionary leader, your radar is constantly on the move. It is constantly scanning, making sure that our values, our just cause, or our vision, whatever language you use, our mission, our, our, what we've defined as success, that all of that is happening in a wonderful way. You have to constantly be a visionary and be on evaluation and be looking at it. And it's easier to be consistent as a visionary when you write about it, talk about it, train around it, make it a part of your meetings, reward it, course correct, bring it into everything that you do. Now, that's more easy to do when the just cause and the values really find a nest in your own heart. When they find a place to lodge in your own heart, in your own passions, in your own interests, then it's much easier to talk about these things because you're actually talking about the things that really matter to you personally. And you don't have to gin that up. You don't have to work that up. You don't have to go plug yourself in and find some juice to be able to talk about those things. No, we squeeze you, it's what comes out. It's your passion. It's like it's if it's your life destiny, your life purpose, your life statement. I found a friend this weekend, and we've been doing some intentional question asking to solicit a certain type of response and purpose. And all they knew to say to me was, Lance, those questions. And they just shook their head like they couldn't put words to the powerful experience. And I thought, that's it. That's it. That's exactly what it is. That's the be visionary moment when it just it lights you up. That's the kind of stuff you want to be about. And so you have to define success. You have to define these values. You need to put behaviors around these values and examples around your values and make sure everyone knows what your just cause is. Otherwise, how will the team know what's winning? How will the team know if you're accomplishing? How will your ministry know? How will your small group know? How will others know? For us, it's very simple. We want to transform lives through love. That's it. Why are we here? To transform lives through love. And someone says, how are you going to do it? We're going to experience God. We're going to be a family. We're going to share love everywhere. And those three ideas, experiencing God, being family, share love everywhere, have lots of different application, lots of different embedded nuances within it. But that's what my 
air traffic control tower as a leader is always evaluating and scanning. You want to be a part of something that's bigger than you because we is always greater than me. We is always greater than me. Be a visionary, be a believer in others, and be an example. Be a leader. Thank you for listening, everybody. Love you. Talk to you next week.